Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. The Astrology Hour can be heard weekdays from 12 noon to 1 o'clock, and Tuesday's special expanded edition from 12 noon to 2 o'clock. Hello, Southern California. Welcome to yet another exciting edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about self-realization and the science of astrology as a major catalyzer and metamorphosizer for those people that are trying to understand themselves. I think one of the most interesting things that I can think about in my life is that I figure it's hard enough for other people to try to get to know Farley Malaris. It took me quite a long time to get to understand who Farley Malaris is. And when you have a Scorpio moon in the first house of self, the Aries vibration, then one of the vital interest areas, of course, is to try to be objective about yourself. I think the problem that all of us have is that we do find it incredibly difficult, sometimes if not near impossible, to step outside of our own bodies and take a look at the type of person that we're reflecting. Oftentimes, I think the most magical part of astrology as a science, and really the true reason why I got into it, was because when I sat down to have a reading with my astrologer way back in the 70s, early 70s, right, I was shocked because I'm a secretive person. No one really knows Farley like Farley knows Farley, or at least I thought. And when you sit down with an astrologer, uh, you know, astrologers are not fortune tellers, and they're not people that are going to try to blow your mind with some future event necessarily that's got to come true. I think the best astrologers are really people that will help you enable yourself to get in touch with who you are and what you are. I think it's really my mission as an astrology teacher when people call me up, especially on the air, to try to zero in on distinct part of their own personalities that perhaps no one would really know but themselves. Because when I sat down with an astrologer, I found it very, very fascinating that I could sit down with a complete, total stranger and they could look at a piece of paper with my date, time, and city of birth calculated on it, which created my natal chart, right? And that they could actually come up with things about me and my life that no way no one could ever know about, except for me. (laughs) And we're talking really personal things, too. You really do open the closet and throw out all the stuff that's in it when you get into astrology as a science. Some people are afraid of astrology because they do think that it is like a black magic or like a a fortune teller or an occult type thing, and people think that there's negative things about it in the Bible and such, but I don't see it like that. I think astrology typically is a very humanistic approach to understanding the energy systems that control life on Earth in this dimension. It is a totally metaphysical uh, science, totally metaphysical, in that it goes beyond just what we sense in the physical. It goes into further vibrations that may not be immediately sensed by our own personal human senses. One of the reasons why people get into astrology, frankly, is when they do test it, when they do run into a somewhat good astrologer or someone who at least thinks they know what they're talking about, then they will focus on a certain area in their lives that usually rings a bell. Playing games with astrologers like saying, can you guess my sign? And yesterday, by accident, I guessed a waitress sign at the Good Earth. I I guess she was a Taurus, and bingo, she was. And 
right away I thought, hmm, that's pretty good, Far. But maybe it was more being psychic than being an astrologer to guess something like that. But that really isn't a good way to prove it. The best way to prove if astrology works is you need to sit down with an astrologer and then listen to what that astrologer has to say. If they define you in any way, if they get into explicit parts of your own personality that is unique and above and beyond anyone on this planet, then you know that there's something to it. I am somebody who has been such a great skeptic and still am in very many areas that a lot of times I need to prove things for myself. And when I do reach a point that I do prove them and I do feel that they are working or they are valuable, wow, I'm not the type of person to just duck my head and go past what just was confronted to my life. What I like to do is I like to search for power and search for truth, search for answers, and search for reasons why. See, ever since I was a child, I realized that I was inside of this body and that I was going from place to place and that I was in a very visual and a very sensational experience. But the type of child I was, I was trying to figure out the system. I wanted to know how this worked. What is this all about? You know, what is this body that I'm in and these eyes, this nose, this mouth, these ears? Whereas a lot of people, of course, they walk around like clones, right, or drones, right? And they don't even care to think about analyzing what the system is. You know, they're just into instinct. <laughs> in a way, they're almost like animals or low consciousness beings because they just do whatever you expect them to do. It's like a bird. You give them some thread and they'll build a nest. Or a cat, you give them some kitty litter and they'll use that as their uh, little potty. Or with some people, you bring them a television set, a beer and some peanuts or popcorn and some food and, and they're fine. <laughs> they're like in a cage. But then there are those of us that like to reach out a little bit and try to explain the system and understand the system. I have figured out a couple things. I think life in a way is almost like traveling. It's almost like a trip or a vacation for the soul away from higher levels of consciousness to come into this experience, which can be quite exciting and quite adventurous. And frankly, I do think that life on Earth, buying your ticket or choosing the type of vacation you want has a lot to do, of course, with the time and the date and the city you're born in. Because obviously we do live in a dimension that is like a giant engine, a giant battery, and there's an incredible vibration that goes on that changes every second, and it's never the same. And when we are born on any particular planet in any particular solar system, our bodies actually receive an imprint or a charge of this engine that we are born into that allows us to experience a certain particular or unique vehicular situation, which means that our bodies and our cellular structures and our brains and all throughout our bodies are literally charged by this astrological force. See. The zodiac is important, I'll tell you why, because the planets, when they travel around the sun from the earth point of view, they travel through the 12 zodiac signs, and that is why we call that the ecliptic, this belt that surrounds the earth. The planets don't wander, they stay on a basic flat plane that, that varies about, I guess, maybe 8 or 10 degrees the most, maybe 12 degrees for Pluto or Neptune, but most of the planets are in line. It's kind of like they stay in line, the sun's gravitational pull keeps them in line to go around the sun basically in the same belt. And that is why the zodiac has gained a lot more energy influence because nothing else within our own personal sensitivity is moving through the universe except for the planets in the system from what we can sense, right? Everything else moves so slow or is so far away that it doesn't really affect us as far as a cosmic effect like the planets do in this system. See, the planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and our own Earth moon, plus the sun as we travel around it, right? We're all experiencing tremendous motion of these bodies of energy and of essence through this system. 
So you got to believe that as the universe has an incredible mega engine, right? The Earth and our solar system is like a micro engine. And therefore, we are more affected by the micro engine in this solar system, of course, being totally affected by the over effect of the entire engine, but being given specific effect from the planets in the system because these are the bodies that we sense move the most rapidly and hence create uniqueness or individuality in beings that are born on this planet, for example. So I do find that curious people are people that can take a little step away from their dogmatic and stubborn, closed-minded thinking, you know, because of those people out there that will try to put astrology down or make it seem like it's not important or not as powerful or as magical as it really is, right? If you can step away from that point, it was, frankly, I want to be honest with you, I was there once, you know, I thought being a Leo was a Leo and I related to that, but when it came to getting my chart done, I was totally confused. <laughs> I was like in the fog. Believe it or not, Farley Malaris at one time in his life would look at a natal chart and I didn't even want to understand it. I just ran from it. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that and I went, what? But the point is that eventually something does happen to many of us and we are given the opportunity and I believe a major, major opportunity, of course, to embrace the true meanings of astrology beyond just the sun sign and perhaps understand the significance of what the location of all the planets at birth do mean. See, because we are born in this system on a planet that is carbon-based planet, right? Oxygen atmosphere, 93 million miles from the, the star in this system. And because we do have these particular planets, the particular planets in the system help design Earth life as we know it, believe it or not. That is why each individual planet means something very different. Each planet being like a separate chakra or a separate vital organ in this solar system. And then we living on Earth experiencing the effect of all these chakras and all these energy vibrations we're getting from the other planets. So that's why when you finally find out where all the planets were at your birth, if you finally do go to that astrologer and they sit there or you call me up on the air for a test or whatever, and I sit there and I go over the planets in your chart and you're sitting there amazed by it, you're going, wow, you really nailed me there. How'd you do that? Well, because I'm looking at where the planets or where the chakras in the solar system were frozen at birth. See, when we do a natal chart on a baby or any baby, any person when they're born, what we want to know is we want to know where all the planets were at the moment that child took the first breath of life or try to zero in as close as possible to that magical moment. And if we can do that, then we can actually look back in time and, you know, with our calculations and find out where the planets and the sun and the moon were located. And by doing that, we can figure out the vehicle effect. See, we can figure out the charge that this particular child was under when it first incarnated or became carnate, you know, into this dimension. And when that happens, it's fascinating because at that point, we can actually start to understand a being for its intricacies, its individuality, and the separation that it has chosen. So astrologers actually have fun in sitting down with people. And, and like I say, the best astrologers, besides trying to play fortune teller or, or let you know what's going on in your future, the most important thing we really try to do because we feel this would be of most value to you is to explain to you yourself. And when you see that we could know you by looking at your chart, if you're smart, the next thing you want to do is also get to know that chart so you can know your own self better. I mean, how easy is it for us to know ourselves? Is there anybody out there that knows themselves that good, that well? I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have a, a unique set of karmic implications in our lives. We all have certain patterns we can't break. Many of us are addicted to certain things. Love, sex, romance, drugs, alcohol, food, money, just weird things that 
we think are so important to us. When you look into an astrology chart, when you look at the planets frozen in space at birth, you can weed through some of these things, some of this karma we talk about, why people get stuck and trapped in the same pattern. When you sit there and you read your astroscope, are you getting a reading from an astrologer, or you talk to me on my show, and I'm sitting there saying, well, wow, looks like you may have an obsession here with sex. And you're sitting there thinking about all this sexual obsession you've had your whole life. How could he possibly know that? Well, easily you might have Venus and Moon in Scorpio, Trine Mars in Pisces, and Grand Trine, maybe your son in Cancer. And then at that point, you'll be sitting there going, wow, that tells you all that? Or you might be one of these people that is extremely prudent, almost near virginal or extremely celibate, and lack all this water in your chart and, and have maybe an abundance of air and earth that would counter the need for physical obsession. You might have mental obsession in your chart. You could be overdosed with air planets, Aquarius, Libra, or Gemini planets in your chart, and that would be an obsession with reading, and with media, with movies, with telephones, with talking. An astrologer would tell you that, and you'd go, how can you see that? It's so easy. You know, it is so easy to learn the basic correlations. Once you get the 12 signs down and memorized, and once you get down which elements they are ruled by, you know, fire, earth, air, and water, and once you get down the families cardinal, fixed, and mutable, then once you get down the planets that rule the signs and the houses that rule the signs, then the rest of it is all just correlations. You can really start to understand people and why they are the way they are. I know a lot of people into astrology that hire individuals according to their natal chart. If you want people that are mechanics or engineers or hardworking people, you want to get people in your office, right, or in your restaurant as waiters and waitresses, and you want to get a full pop for your money, hey, then you're going to be searching for people with abundance of Earth planets in their chart. The Virgo, the Capricorn, and the Taurus people are harder workers. I say, give me a Virgo moon any time or a Virgo rising, and I'll get it done for you. No problem. You find people void of Earth are very lazy usually physically unless they evolve into being a little stronger, unless they love what they're doing. You do find that understanding these elements like fire, earth, air, and water, for example, can be very important in defining the self. You know, like, of course, people that have more fire in their charts, like you might be born with a lot of heavy abundance like I have, four planets in the sign of Leo, which is fire, and one planet in the sign of Sag, which is also fire, Sagittarius. So I have a five fire score. So that's all enthusiasm and warmth and affection. And I come on strong with people because I am so loving and caring and, and energetic. People that lack the fire, you might not get that tight of a hug from them. Or you might not get that belly laugh out of them or that big wide smile across their face or the enunciation and the articulation in their speech, the way they want things to come out clear. So astrology is not a joke. You know, it's not a mistake. It's not black magic. It's a science of understanding the self. And if you were smart enough to understand, you know, I'm not putting anybody down if they don't respect astrology, but it's easy for the individual to prove for themselves just by looking at the enthusiasm from doses of fire in people or the extreme mental psychological effect from the doses of air in people, the extreme sensitivity and vulnerability from the water planets in people, and then, of course, the practicality and the workability from the earth. Each and every one of you could score your own charts right now. If you have astroscopes, of course, there's a score on the second page where it does say fire, earth, air, and water, and you can see how you balance out, if any. I have no earth in my chart at all. And believe it or not, when I was a child, I worked in a factory, and I hated it. My hands are still scarred from working at factory. And every time I do hard work, sometimes I get pains from it. I'm much better at doing mental and emotional work. That's why I'm a therapist and a counselor and a teacher, because I work a lot harder with my mind and with my hands when I'm typing and when I'm writing with a pen. I wasn't good at stamping dice and 
folding boxes and packing cartons, and, and I did that for years. I hated it. You know, and here was a guy without earth. I was getting yelled and screamed at by my supervisors. They say, you're lazy. You come to work late. You don't work as hard as the rest of them. There's three Virgos in the staff. My Uncle Herman's got Jupiter and Virgo. How am I supposed to keep up with these guys? No way, you know? <laughs> so you find out that astrology does work, and astrology is real, and it is powerful, and it does reveal the self. Astrology, as far as I'm concerned, is the most important science of self-realization that has ever come to this planet. And by getting yourself charted or by seeing an astrologer or even by calling me up and checking to see what some of your own personal planets mean, because, of course, I have a book here with lists of all the planets from 1900 to the year 2000, so I can look anybody up in second, I can scan to your chart, right? Then you can prove it for yourself. You know, that's what did it for me. The sad thing, another thing about astrology that is really sad, and it's not a negative about astrology, is that a lot of people don't seek it out until they're in trouble. My problem was, is I rejected astrology until my life was so traumatized and so scandalous and I was so frightened and insecure and just weirded out. One of the many avenues that I tested and tried as far as resolving problems in my life, when I finally sat down with an astrologer, this was the only person that knew what was going on. Everybody else sitting there going, well, what do you think of this, Farley? And when you want to talk about this, Farley? I sat there in the astrologer's office, kept my mouth shut. And she went ahead and laid my whole self out to me. I said, no one knows me better than you do. I said, how'd you do that? He said, well, August 11th, 1948, 11.21 a.m., right? Central Daylight Time, St. Louis, Missouri, right? I went, yeah. She says, well, it's easy. You're Leo, Scorpio, Moon, Libra Rising. I know you. And I said, no kidding. I said, where do I sign up for classes? And the Astrology Hour has really become my way of bringing an astrology class through the radio waves to the people out there at 12 noon you have the opportunity to hear a wonderful topic on astrology and metaphysics and karma and philosophy every day. You have the opportunity to get your chart done and to find out more about yourself so you can understand what's going on and interpret it. Don't you think life would be a lot more easier if you got your own interpretation about what was going on, about why you are the way you are, because you have Venus in Pisces. That's why you're so vulnerable. That's why you may reject somebody because you know ahead of time it's not going to happen. It's a psychic placing, Venus in Pisces. Or that's why you could set yourself up to give your own self a hard time. That's why you're so magnanimous. You have a moon in the fifth house or a Leo moon. It makes you an automatic leader. And you know, how are you supposed to work for somebody else if you have moon in the fifth or a Leo moon? This person is a born supervisor. People don't know that unless they get their charts done. No wonder you have trouble working. You have no earth. It's like, remember that Star Trek when that guy was looking at Spock and they said, he has no heart. <laughs> you know, with it, I have no earth. You know, you find out these things and it really does help you weed through the confusion. Well, in any event, I come here every day at 12 noon and I do my best to try to talk people into at least testing the water and getting their charts done and trying it out. My name is Farley Malaris, in case you just tuned in and you're listening to our show in our fifth year here on KFOX, the Astrology Hour on KFOX 93.5 FM. And we're here every day, Monday through Friday, with a nice topic for you. So don't miss a class here, 93.5 FM at 12 noon to 1 o'clock. We're talking about self-realization today. And I think that because I have learned to like people more as I've gotten older and, and become more evolved, and I'm starting to plug more into the oneness that we all share, I'm aware that in this dimension that we have chosen very different reflections, very different reflections of individuality. But in a way, we all reflect ourselves to each other. In other words, if you want to know what you were like in a past life, 
or what type of karma or what type of dharma you set forth, then look around at the people currently in your life at any given moment. Obviously, if your life is filled with drug addicts, drunks, alcoholics, criminals, and you yourself are extremely self-destructive, insecure, and depressed, then you can imagine what type of past lives you may be trying to absolve in this life. If you have in your life one bad relationship, or one that's not going so bad, or so good, and that's your only real problem, the rest of your life is going okay, then maybe you've absolved most of your karma. Many times when you look around in your life and you are truly happy, and you truly love and embrace whatever you have, no matter who it is, no matter what it is, then that could also be a sign of psychic growth and spiritual awareness and evolution too. Because when you truly embrace everything in your life, that means you are finally living up to and embracing your own past reflection. Because everything that has been reflected in past lives is brought to you in current lifetimes. Well, let me tell you something. By understanding astrology, I am able to really zero in on this reflection that is brought to me. You, the people out there in the audience, are truly a reflection of me, myself, to me. And I am a reflection to you. Because we are in each other's lives, even though I'm somebody you listen to on the radio, we're still mutual reflections. So this is something you can sense as far as plugging into the oneness that we all share. And astrology really helps us weed through the individuality and this uniqueness, this separation, this loneliness and aloneness that we feel. So we can weed through that and plug into overcoming it all. So therefore, we can relate more to all people because we can understand where they're coming from. See, once you try to understand yourself and discover how that works, then you can use astrology to try to help understand other people. Then you realize how similar you are to so many people the deeper you get into it. You plug into the oneness and you evolve beyond it. It works quite well for me. I hope one day it can work for you too. Okay, so welcome to the Astrology Hour in our continued science and explanations concerning this science of self-realization, the science of astrology. And I'm really happy you were able to join us in today's show in case you needed some insight or some information to explain to you more about astrology as a science of self-realization. With that, we are ready to go to the telephone lines and talk to our friends and relatives and guests. And There's no relatives, maybe from past lives here. Let's go to Debbie now, who is a... Now, see, she's a Cancer with Aquarius Rising, born 1958. And how are you, Deb? I'm fine. How are you? Real good. I'm a brand new listener. Brand new. And I really liked what you were just saying, because I really think if there's any tool that we all can use to help us all understand each other better, we need to just be open-minded enough to take a look at it. Really? I think that's basically where I'm at now with astrology, because for a long time, I had... um kind of set it back in my mind because I'm a very strong religious person and until I realized that God placed those stars and those planets in the sky I wasn't really receptive to it uh huh yeah well people are funny because whenever they find something they always try to map it out and figure it out you know and just like you map out a planet with all the continents and the oceans and the rivers and streams and figure out the weather and the environment in each area that's what astrologers do they map out the universe and they try to analyze it too and see if it affects us uh huh I think it's pretty harmless. I think there's something to it. I mean, because I just know so many people who seem to fit into their little categories. I have had nuns and priests come to me for readings. (laughs) Of course, it's confidential, Uh but I used to do the cruise ship circuit. Uh And my closest friend in the ship was always the Catholic priest on board. (laughs) First, I do my astrology lecture, and I'd sit in for his mass, and then afterwards we'd talk about it. Uh I find, actually, Catholic priests, and many of them are some of the more open-minded people, and But they loved it. You know, I'm sitting there talking to them about themselves because, like I say, astrologers reveal the self. Uh And when you start talking to a person, even a priest, about themselves, and they look at you like, how could you know that? I know you're not a magician. 
I show them in the book. I say, here it is right here. You got a Virgo moon guy. <laughs> That's why you're a celibate priest. They're also in the business, you know, to, to help other people. And so probably the more that they can understand about themselves, they, uh, the more that they can help others. All right. Okay, is that why you called, just to say hi then? No, I really wanted to hear something about my relationship sector and career. Wow, it looks like your relationship sector is sort of a roller coaster of sorts. Looks like you go through lots of changes with men. Uh-huh. Is it hard to hold on to a relationship? I've been married for 10 years, but it's definitely on a roller coaster. <laughs> well, I, congr- I congratulate you that you would get married with Mars opposition Jupiter in your chart. You do have Mars trine Saturn and grand trine Pluto. And whenever a woman does have that many trines on her Mars, it, it usually does show commitment or marriage as more obvious. Uh-huh. It's the Jupiter opposition that may make you want to run for space once in a while, you know, so. That's why I was thinking that. I do think that uh, your marriage probably went through some kind of test last year, and if it survived it earlier this year too, then things should probably be pretty comfortable there. But see, you have the chart, Debbie, of someone that could attract a lot of men. So the fact you're married is kind of surprising to me and maybe a big test for you to try to keep the rest of them away. You know, As far as your career is concerned, that's another area that could be up for lots of question marks at this time and possible change is shown over the summer. Okay? Okay, great. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's go to Paul, who is Aquarius. Hey, Paul. Hey, hello, Farley. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. You know, I was listening to your uh, program here, and you said that Virgo moons make good priests. Well, I've got a Virgo moon. Do you really? Yes. Do you feel like a priest sometimes? Uh, Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were in a past life. It, it could be. The question I had was, you had a show a while back on the North Node. Yeah. And I tried to get in, but I couldn't. But I had a question about my chart and my North Node. Where is it? I don't have my chart with me, but I remember that it's in conjunction with my sun and my Mercury. In what house? Oh, gee, I don't know. Hmm. Well, usually when there's North Node on the sun-Mercury, Paul, there's a major connection there and a major mission connected with the father. Have you been that deeply involved with your dad? Well, I would say so. I had a good childhood. He was an educator, so I learned an awful lot from him. North Node in Aquarius on Sun-Mercury conjunction would be a major mission concerning humanity and destiny and you doing something for the world, acting sort of like a paternal figure for the planet. Oh, really? So if you feel like you have some kind of responsibility to the planet, that's what it is. With that, Well, I do. You know, actually, I do. And with that Virgo moon, maybe I should uh, start going to church or something. No, maybe you should become an astrologer priest, a rogue priest, okay? Yeah. Okay, Paul. Hey, thanks a lot. Okay. Bye. Bye. Chris is a Sagittarius. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Is that Christine? Yeah, Christine. Oh, it's not Christine. This is the first time that I've ever listened to your show. Really? Yeah. I'm honored. Oh, well, I'm at work with my cousin right now, and she told me, get on there and call, call. Because this is my question. Yes. Well, I've already done it. I'm joining the Navy. All right. And I was just wondering if I'm heading towards the right direction. (laughs) Well, you're going to probably be around a lot of men. <laughs> I'd say men going to be coming out of the walls for well, you. That's not really why I joined. Okay. I joined because... Maybe you joined for the women instead. No, <laughs> no that's not why. Okay. Um, because I was working full-time in an office, and I really didn't like that very well because I wasn't really getting anywhere. And mm-hmm. then I was... And I have an AA degree, and I was going to school, but I kind of got burned out on that, too. So I decided to go into the Navy, and I was just wondering if that is... The right thing. Well, you, you know, big question mark for you, Chris, is do we ever know what the right thing is? You know, but I do think you're a very adventurous, lady. The United States may be headed for a minor conflict in the future, 
So being in the military is not only adventurous, it's a little bit of a gamble too, uh-huh. you know, because there could be a couple of hot spots in the future uh-huh. depending on who's president. Right. Uh, if we have Scorpio president, if Dukakis is president, uh-huh. that frightens me a little bit mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, when Scorpios have a bad day, everybody has a bad day, you know. <laughs> now, I'm not putting down Dukakis or the Democrats, uh-huh. but because I'm not saying Bush is any better, yeah. but at least he's a Gemini and, uh, and, you know, that's what Kennedy was. Uh-huh. So before he would press any buttons, he might be too confused to do anything about it, you know. But uh, at the same time, I just think that overall you're headed for a positive period. You're going to grow up a lot in the Navy. I have a boat, so I feel like I'm in the Navy too oh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So good luck, okay? Okay, thanks. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Let's go to Friendly David, a regular caller to the show, the famous Aquarius with Cancer Rising. Hey, God bless you, Farley. <laughs> God bless you, Dr. Peebles. I would really like to uh, thank you for being such a beautiful and loving reflection for me. And thank you for all the incredible tools you've given me to really understand my uh, place here in this third dimension. <laughs> Are you doing charts yet? I am, as a matter of fact. Really? And I'm doing numerology as well. I'm having a little more success with the numerology than I am the astrology. But I'm hoping that they will kind of intermix and I'll get a, a good feel for the astrology as well. Great. You were showing a big surge in the career. Did that happen? Yes, it started. It's kind of in the middle now. I don't know. It's kind of frightening with all this retrograde going on. Yeah, don't waste the money when you make it. Venus square Mars, you know. Yeah, exactly. You could really burn a big hole in your pocket if you're not careful. Really, really fast. So you just called to say hi? Called to say hi, and just if you could give me a general spiritual scan. A spiritual scan? Right. Well, you know, Saturn Uranus retrograde now, trying your Pluto and Leo. So uh, all kinds of exciting spiritual occurrences, visions, miracles. Healings could take place during that transit. What house is Pluto in in your chart? Pluto is in my second house in Leo. We're looking for a big wave of income coming in then, and it's all coming from career and innovation in your life. Fabulous. My natal Pluto being retrograde help me? Sure, definitely. Give me a little more power? A little bit more oomph. All right. It's a double retrograde effect, okay? All right. Thanks a lot, Farley. (laughs) Bye, guy. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Karen on line eight. Sag Capricorn Rising, friendly Karen. Hi. So what can we do for you today? I just want to know why I am a perversity magnet. A perv... a what? I attract perverted men and I want to know why. <laughs> They're a reflection of your own past self, buddy. I don't want to hear that. Oh, you may say it was an accident by God. He didn't mean it, you know. It's like, excuse me, Karen. <laughs> no, really, when you have this Mars located in Capricorn, what house is it in? My first. Uh-huh. Well, do you go after men because of their looks or their body or their face or their hair? Um, well, I'd like to think I don't. Maybe I do. Maybe, yeah. You have a Scorpio moon, don't you? Yeah. Is it hard for you to say no when you get really turned on? Um, sometimes. Okay, well, does that sound like a reflection of your former self or not? Okay, okay, but look, the total strangers come up to me out of nowhere and suggest things. Well, then now you know what kind of bum you were in a past life. Hey, lady, come over here for a second. <laughs> Actually, I've had that happen. Not You know, not men, but I've had women come up to me and uh-huh. say things. I go, you have a problem or something? <laughs> Actually, the Scorpio moon is a sexual reflector, and it does add a lot of sensuous vibration in your aura. Mm. So Scorpio moon people like you and I, it's easy for us to be sexy without even trying. Uh-huh. And a lot of times... Complete strangers will pick up on that, Mm -hmm. and they'll be attracted to it like a moth to the flame. See, like having a Scorpio moon karmically is not real fun because it could mean a sexual obsession or sexual abuse from a past life. Mm -hmm. So we carry that vulnerable Achilles heel with us, and that's why we're kind of wide open to seduction and to perversion from other people, and that's why you got to be on your guard and protect yourself. 
what degree is your moon? Um, 21. Ooh, it's close to mine. Okay. See, if the two of us walk down the street together, we're history, right? <laughs> they come out of the walls at us, Karen. I'll tell you. Were you telling me about my future in your letter or something? I was just telling you about your chart. Oh, right. You were doing an astrology scan. Yeah. Well, you can absolve some karma like that by checking more into that, too. Oh, okay. Do some more readings, okay? Yeah. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Kim on line two, Aries Sag Rising. Hi. Kim? Hi. Here I am. Welcome. Hi. I really enjoy your show. It's very exciting. Really? You're not just saying that? No. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was calling because... I'm an actress, and I wanted to know if, number one, if that was a good field for me to go into. Well, have you got any breaks? Not yet. Oh, that's sad. It's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Being an actor or an actress is just, it's a similar kind of personality as someone that plays the lotto. Yeah. It's like you dream of being that big winner, but only one person out of 10 million wins. Mm -hmm. And very few people that are actors and actresses, unfortunately, make it big. But in your chart, you have... A lot of lessons in career, because you were born in 1960 with Saturn in Capricorn. I'm not saying you don't have the charisma, but I am saying that if you want to be an actress or an actor, then you should have some kind of supplement going at the same time besides just acting, Mm -hmm. because I think you're a hardworking person. I think lately you've been going through some strange times, some strange anxieties. Maybe other things have been kind of grabbing your attention away from what you need to focus on. But I do think, see, you have a Venus trine Neptune in your chart, just like that little girl Jennifer that called the other day. Did you hear that call? Sorry, I didn't. Okay, we had an 11-year-old actress called who had Venus and Pisces and Neptune and Scorpio, just like you, trying each other, and that can show a lot of money and a lot of charisma. Hmm. Okay. So there is hope for you, but frankly, you probably already should have hit a couple of years ago. Hmm. What about writing? Writing's much better, I would think. Okay. Writing's a lot better because you are almost like a channeler. You know, you have like an automatic writing ability. So, you know, you might get some help from the other side. Okay, good luck. Thanks a lot. Bye, honey. Let's go over here to Pat on line three, Libra Virgo rising. Hi, Pat. Hi. How are you? Uh, Fine, how are you? Oh, superior. Good. Okay, well, I'm a musician, and my moon's in Aquarius, and uh, I have uh, quite a number of uh, planets in Scorpio, Mercury, Venus, and Saturn, and Mars in Capricorn. Anyways, I was wondering what you saw into my chart. You mean as far as being a musician goes? Yes. Have you had any success in that area? Uh, some, but not uh, to my satisfaction as yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you do appear to have a gift, and you also appear to be very sensitive and someone who can channel, I would say, information possibly from the other side that might help you with your music. And you do have a Venus trine Jupiter and a Venus trine Uranus that I have seen in a lot of famous people's charts. Uh-huh. So as far as playing lotto is concerned, you are showing a little bit better odds as far as career success, but it does take tremendous ability, tremendous confidence, tremendous optimism, and a high power of visualization to break through. See, so many people are trying to make it in the industry, quote-unquote, that it takes uh, real special powers in order to finally break through. Right. Okay? Yeah. Also, one other thing. For the month of July and August in particular, what do you see as far as my finances go? Are you broke now? No, I'm not. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm real glad of that. I think you'll do quite well because I really think that these water transits, when the Sun and Mercury and Venus all go into Cancer, now Mars is in Pisces, they're going to set up tremendous compliments that should bring you a whole lot of money by the end of the summer. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Farley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Joan Mayer, how you doing? Hi. I have a little time left. What can I do for you? Okay. Well, actually, my first name is Joan Marie. Okay, Joan Marie. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the first time I've ever listened to your program, and I, 
um, finding a lot of things interesting, especially about the, um, I guess, love. And you mentioned something about walking down the street and having people attracted to you. Yeah. I find that happening to me a lot with men. They'll come up to me and say things like, you're really sexy, and I'm just standing there not doing anything. <laughs> and they're like, well, yes, you are. You know exactly what you're doing. I guess it's better to have people come up and say that to you than not at all, right? Well, I don't know, because, <laughs> you know... Um, well, listen, sweetheart, my show's ending, so I have to go now. But if you call back tomorrow at 2 minutes to 12, I'll take you as my first caller. Okay. Will you do that, please? I sure will. And I love you, so talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody, the show does go fast, but we are here weekdays at 12 noon to 1 o'clock and Tuesdays from 12 noon to 2 o'clock on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. See you real soon, weekdays on KFOX 93.5 FM at 12 noon, and I love you. Bye-bye.